Welcome to the Audiobook Speakeasy. I'm Rich Miller, and I'm your host here at the Speakeasy. This is where you'll meet narrators, coaches, engineers, and other audiobook professionals, as well as some listeners who'll be sharing what they look for in a good audiobook. If you're interested in audiobook production, you've come to the right place. So come on in, grab a drink, pull up a chair, and join us for a friendly chat about audiobooks. I have a couple of things in common with my guest tonight in the audiobook speakeasy. On top of being an audiobook narrator, she is also a podcast host. The Silverton Audio Presents podcast launched a little over a month ago, and she hosted the first five episodes. Marnie Young, thanks for joining me in the speakeasy tonight. (laughs) Thank you so much. I am uh, honored to be on here. It's great. Well, it's great. I'm so glad that you had the time. (laughs) I I have not spoken with very many podcast hosts. Uh, Only one, I think. Casey Trowbridge is the host of Talking Audiobooks currently. Uh, I think that that podcast may be going on a hiatus. I'm not really, he's not really sure at this point. But anyway, he was my guest back on episode nine. But uh, I think he's the only other podcast host who's been been here. I may be wrong on that. I spoke with Keith, Keith Reynolds last week, and he produces podcasts. So maybe he's hosted some as well. I'm not sure. But in any case, I'm glad to welcome another host here at the Speakeasy. And no spoilers, but I plan on continuing the trend in the future. Awesome. That sounds great. (laughs) There are a few uh, audiobook podcasts out there. So thank you for coming in. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking uh, Cafe Bustelo with a little bit of uh, sweet cream almond milk creamer and a very large uh, glass of water in a Star Wars cup. Oh, Star Wars. We'll have to get into that. Uh, Cafe Cafe Bustelo. What is that? It's just I don't know. It's a coffee brand, Cafe Bustelo. Oh, it's really it's a good. Coffee brand. Okay. I am yeah. not a, not a coffee drinker. Never have been. I think I've had a total. Oh. I think I've had a total of about a half a cup of coffee in my entire oh, life. Oh, uh, I've been drinking coffee since I was ten. So yeah. yeah. See, my problem was the first time I drank coffee, I was ten, and uh, and I kept. I, I I had been bugging my dad. I used to set up their electric percolator Absolutely. to, yeah, well, to that's make the coffee. Yeah. Yes, because because exactly. I that's... love the smell of coffee. I love oh, yeah. love oh, the smell yeah. of ground coffee, and so I used to set it up mm-hmm. for him so that he could get up later on the weekends. And so I kept bugging him and bugging him and bugging him that I wanted to try it. So I think my my mom's father was over visiting, and I think it was on a Sunday night, and they were drinking the last of the pot that maybe had been made on Saturday morning. And uh, he Mm -hmm. said, you want to try coffee? Okay, here, here, try some coffee. And I tasted it. And of course, it was like the worst (laughs) thing I had ever had in my life. So I swore off coffee (laughs) for at at least 10 or 15 years. And uh, and then when I tried some later, I just couldn't get into it. So never been a coffee drinker. I didn't mention that, uh, you know, it was with my nine sugars and my like half a cup of milk, of course, that went in to go. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> because so I you're, couldn't drink it black. So you're, no. oh, gosh, no. you're drinking cream and sugar with a little bit of coffee. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> it's like an espresso shot kind of concoction thing that I made. I don't really, it's through my Keurig. I, I don't really know. I'm not a coffee connoisseur. I just know I like it. It's, I it. keep it simple. Well, that's, yeah. I think I'm that's a- fine. Drink, it's the same thing with wine. Drink what you like. We've got a family friend who the only wine she'll drink is about the cheapest white Zinfandel you can find. So uh, if that's oh. what you like, that's what you should drink. Right. It so, works for you. Make- I'm not a coffee drinker. I am joining you tonight in, uh, I believe this is a first here in the speakeasy. I'm having a glass of wine. Um, there you go. What kind? Um, this is Arizona Stronghold. I'm, I'm a big fan of drinking local whenever possible, and this actually is made in Arizona. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people think, how could they possibly make wine in that climate? But some of the hills do get pretty <laughs> high, and, uh, and so once they get up high enough, the climate cools off enough, I guess. Uh, not that I know anything about making wine. But uh, it's pretty good. I bought this several years ago. I think we went, I think this, I bought this when we went tasting in either Tombstone or Sedona. I don't remember now, but, uh, but it's good. It's a blend. It's a little over half Syrah and it's got some Petite Syrah, some Grenache and some uh, Morvedre, which I'm not familiar with that particular varietal, but uh, it's, it's a good blend. It's about five years old and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's pretty fruity. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. So anyway, thanks again for coming into the Speakeasy. Cheers. Yes, cheers. You can even cheers with a coffee mug. You got it. I'm doing it. <laughs> All right. So, Marnie, where are you from originally? Oh, boy. Um, I uh, was born in Virginia. Um, and uh, I was born in a, a town called Kilmarnock. Sorry, I was born in Fairfield, 
I was born in Fairfax County, but we lived in uh, Kilmarnock and I was lived there until I was about three and a half. And then I moved to uh, Rhode Island. I lived in Narragansett um, until I was about 13. And then I moved to South Carolina um, and I lived in Anderson, South Carolina until I went off to uh, college. So it's always been on the East Coast. Kil- Kilmarnock, I have never heard of that. That sounds like it had to have been originally settled by... I don't know, Scotch, Irish, somebody from Maybe. from over there. <laughs> I have <laughs> but, no uh, idea. <laughs> but you've stayed uh, you've stayed over on the East Coast the whole time, or you did at the time, stayed over on the East Coast the whole time. Yeah, until we moved to South Carolina. Yeah. Well, it's still you east. That east Coast, still East Coast. Okay, yeah, even, okay, and then e- I did. Yeah, go ahead. Even if it's not, yeah, even if you're not right on the coast, I think of the Carolinas. I mean, they're far enough you over there. As somebody who, who grew up on the West Coast uh, and is currently uh, living in, in the Southwest, gotcha. I'm thinking pretty much anything east of New Mexico is East Coast. That sounds right. I'm horrible <laughs> with geography. I just, I, I kind of group the Carolinas as their own thing, you know, mm. so I guess because uh, they kind of are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's far but enough I, over I gotcha. so, East Coast. So where'd you go to school? Uh, well, I went to University of Evansville in Indiana, and I uh, studied theater and um, history there. And then I, uh, for grad school, I went to Yale and got my uh, master's in performance. Wow, no kidding. Master's in performance from Yale. <laughs> that must have been pretty intense. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, uh, it was something because uh, I had applied to seven schools, NYU, you know, all, like the Harvard, all that stuff, and um, some of the University of Delaware. And they all rejected me and Yale accepted me. <laughs> so wow, that's fantastic. NYU called me to tell me that they were, they were nice enough. NYU called me to tell me that they were going to reject me, you know, say, you know, we're sorry, but you didn't make it in. And I said, that's okay. Cause I'm going to Yale. And they said, Oh, really? <laughs> said, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you got, I'm thinking in my head, like, you guys might not want me, but somebody else does. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe we should check your application again. <laughs> You're right. Maybe. <laughs> But That's... I was blown away. I mean, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. My mom was screaming. No she was like doubt. she was in the middle of and I was running down the halls and my friends were running down the halls with me. I mean, just screaming, screaming, screaming. I, I, it was the last thing I ever thought that I'd be able to make it in there. And then when I got in there, I kind of was like watching. The, I mean, they all, almost all of them had been in the business before. Everybody in my class, except for me and this other guy, you know, they had done movies. They had done like... I don't know. Maybe even I think some of them had been on Broadway. I mean, it was crazy. So I'm sitting there like watching these people perform and thinking, I just need popcorn. Like, I don't (laughs) I don't even know how I made it here, but I need popcorn and I'm just going to watch them and learn everything I can. Oh, you know, Uh, a big part of performance is the audience. And uh, and so, you know, I'm here for a master's in performance and I'm going to play the role of the audience. That's exactly. Um, right. Yeah, no, that sounds great. So, so a master's awesome. in performance. Since I never went that route, and um, most of my friends, I, well, I know some some of my friends did theater um, in graduate school, but not that many. So, a uh, master's in performance. Uh, w- did you have a specific specialty? I mean, do they have specialties like stage or film, or uh, is it mm-hmm. master's in performance including music, or how does that work? No, there was no, I mean, at least at the time, I don't know what the program is now, but no, there was no um, specialty. It really was just performance. And we really just focused on stage. And then our second year was all Shakespeare. It was all, which was awesome. I oh, loved, yeah, loved, that loved that. Oh, if I could do Shakespeare for the rest of my life, I would. I, I totally. I know a lot of people who feel the same way. And I, I, never, I, I never got quite <laughs> that into Shakespeare, but I loved oh, the Shakespeare oh, that I did. Oh. Loved yes. the ones that I was involved in. Yes. Twelfth, Twelfth Night is still one of my favorite oh, theater oh, experiences. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. What did you, who'd you play? Malvolio. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I was Mariah. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. That, that is such, a, such a great the, show. And they had her like more of a, um, a temptress, you know, which was mm-hmm. so fun. And, um, oh, I loved it. It was, yeah. it was great. It was so fun. The, the other one that was so much fun for me was, um, Taming of the Shrew. They set it in the old West mm-hmm. and I played Baptista oh. as, as like the sheriff of the town. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, that was a ball. That, that was a ball. That was, it was a, an outdoor Shakespeare festival. And it went from being super hot when we started in, I think it was mid August to, we were freezing backstage, uh, Aww. in like, I think it was, 
early October or something like that. The Bay Area climate, it changes pretty quickly. And, uh, and so, but it was a ball. That, that show was so much fun. So I, I totally understand the, the Shakespeare thing. And that was, the totally, whole, that, that was the whole second year? That was a whole second year. Yeah, that's what we focused on. Everything was about that. Yeah. Wow. And uh, in the third year, gosh, what the heck was that? <laughs> trying to remember. I mean, I don't remember. Their whole philosophy, at least at the time, was um, they didn't say this is, you know, the Stanislavski method. This is the, you know... Um, Uda Hagen method, whatever, Bogart, like all these different things. They they really set, it's like a combination of everything. And then you sort of weed out, you know, if that doesn't work for you, you don't use it. And you oh, sort yeah. of find I, your I love own that. path. And yeah. that's what was so brilliant about the program. And that what I thought was so, uh, just helped me tremendously. Because I think that what I do to this day is still sort of a combination of everything that that I learned there so yeah no I, I think that's a great approach uh, one of my acting instructors for a, a brief period um, I took a, a workshop at San Jose State um, San Jose uh, uh, can't think of it now but uh, a professional theater in San Jose and she was very well known the the instructor there um, can't remember her name at the moment but this was you know 10 15 years ago so so one of the things that I loved about it was somebody asked her a question at one point and she said you know what I, I can't make you a great actor. I, I just can't. What I can do is introduce you to tools that you can put in your toolbox. Mm. And yep. you have to figure out if that tool works. And, you know, I'm going to be the first to tell you that if some tool that I teach you, if it's frustrating and it's not working for you, throw it out of your toolbox. Just get rid of it. But yeah, you, but you got to find other tools that it. are going to work <laughs> for you. Yeah. So I, right. I think that's a great approach. That yeah no I'd completely agree. Um, it's you know and I think I still use it. Of course, I mean the acting lends itself to what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, all my training is is I'm sure what has helped me tremendously to be able to do what I do. Yeah, no doubt. So so you were like hardcore performance oriented. What did you do when you got out of Yale? Um, I well it was nice. I was fortunate because uh, a woman I did a show with. I had the opportunity to do a show at Yale Rep while I was there. They try to put uh students on the stage you know mm-hmm. um and uh oh gosh i can't remember the name of the show but there's this lovely lovely woman uh henny russell and uh, i think it's fine to say her name she's wonderful and she's an amazing actress so it's fine uh she <laughs> was kind enough to introduce her agent came to the show and um was interested in me you know and sort of kept tabs on me for the next you know two years that i was at school so that by the time the showcase rolled around I came into her office and she's like, well, you know, we want you. Well, that's fantastic. So, so somebody was actually an, familiar with agent. you before then. Yeah, that's great. Oh, it was wonderful. I mean, absolutely wonderful. And, uh, you know, I mean, we took it from there and I had her, um, when I was sort of freelancing, uh, gosh, who was I freelancing with? Gosh, you have to forgive me. I can't remember, but, um, engage, I think it was called, uh, I don't think, they, I don't know if they're around anymore. Uh, but anyway, so I had that up until um, I uh, found out I was pregnant with twins. I had just sort of broken into the television industry, you know, just had like my first little role on TV mm-hmm. and then found out I was pregnant with twins. And so it was like, OK, change of uh, change of plan here. Choices, choices, <laughs> oh, choices. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I, you know, because of my age and because it was, it was automatically high risk. So after three months, I wasn't allowed to do really anything. Wow. So it sort of changed everything sort of upside down. And it was very complicated. Lots of, lots of fun stuff happening left and right. Yeah. Um, and they were born really early. And so, you know, um, but anyway, I was able to transfer into the uh, voiceover work because what happened was I was working, I was doing demonstrating for Hasbro, uh, a toy demonstrator. Like, like and, for, um, like conventions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, and, yeah. um, and there's a woman that I had met and she's like wonderful. Uh, she and her husband are both in the business. They're like amazingly successful, fabulous, just beautiful, beautiful people. And, um, uh, uh, Patricia Santamasso and her, her, uh, husband is Sean Hopkins. And she had said to me at, at, at the toy demonstration, and I had met her before, actually, oddly enough, I had met her at a show. I was coming in to do a show and she was leaving from a show, you know, mm-hmm. at like a repertory mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, 
so anyway, she was like, you know, you have a nice voice. And this is after I had given birth to the twins. She's like, if you thought about doing audiobooks, you could that could be something that you could do and you could stay at home with them. And, you know, because I'm like, how do I stay at home with them? How do I give them what they need, but still, you know, help support my family, help and pursue do what, what I need you to love. Do. Yeah. And and also pursue what I love. Absolutely. I, I enjoy what I do. And she was like, you should try it. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what I did. And uh, I started really doing it in uh, no, November, October of 2016. Oh, and, so that's uh, fairly recent. Yeah, and just formed my company um, like, uh, I don't know, like a month ago, I think. So what did, so, you, what did yeah. you start out with when it comes to voiceover? I, I really, all I did was books like oh you mean which audiobook did i do no i mean what do you mean i mean no. did you go straight to audiobooks or because that's a oh little, yeah a little unusual oh, I, I mean there there are a lot of people who start out in voiceover and they're trying to get commercial work and of course commercial work is extremely competitive well what genre of vo is not competitive but um <laughs> but it, it's very competitive and it helps to have an agent and yet they don't get you that much work and you have to get your own work and um and so there are a lot of people who start out in various different types of voiceover and end up in audiobooks. And there are some people who try to go into audiobooks and realize they hate it because it's so much time in the studio. It's, you know, such long sessions. Um, so it's, to me, it's a little unusual to go straight into audiobooks, but it sounds like that's what you did. Oh, that's exactly what I did. I mean, she said, what you need to do, she she was so helpful. She was like, you just need to go on ACX. That's where I didn't know what ACX was. I mm -hmm. didn't know any of this stuff. So I Googled like a mad woman, <laughs> you know, looking at pictures, asking about studio. What is, what's a good setup? What, you know, any mics to recommend, like anything I could do. She was like, join ACX and join this, you know, uh, narrator group on Facebook. And that's pretty much going to give you everything you need to know. And sure enough, that's exactly what I did. It set my profile, and I think I got my first book within like two weeks or something like that. It was that's maybe great. even. A week. That's great. Do so you, that do you was, think I that, was off and running. <laughs> do you think that your uh, your acting background? I, I don't know what the first book was, but do you think your acting mm. background uh, played a big part in that, or just a part? Oh, a big part. Yeah. I, I I think if I can remember what my first book, I know it hasn't been that long, but you got to understand when you got the twins and a stay-at-home mom my brain is just like out the window but I think it was oh man um if it wasn't my first book then it was my second book K.R. Thompson uh it's like a YA series um uh, the Keeper Saga Keeper Saga and I think they were like really good acting chops for YA and there were like 30 or 40 characters in there something wow. like that there was so many and uh, I loved it. I mean, that's my jam. That's I, I, I love that stuff. Yeah, so no doubt. yeah, that's, that's great. So off and running really quickly, straight into <laughs> audiobooks. Have since you started doing audiobooks, I, I want to go through that a little bit more, but since you started doing audiobooks, have you gone out for any other type of voiceover work? I, you know, I thought about it and I just couldn't figure out really how to do it. I know that sounds terrible, but at the same time, like, I kind of looked into it a little bit and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm doing fine. And you're happy what, with it. Where I'm at, I'm happy with it. I'm, you know, my business is, I mean, like I said, I just formed the business. So obviously I've been growing, growing, growing. Mm -hmm. And why, why mess with that? I'm already have enough work to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I think that's a fine choice. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, a lot of people try to branch out. A lot of people try to get into audiobooks and realize they don't like it. Um, some people get into audiobooks specifically to have other work when they're not doing commercial work. I mean, there are a lot of different reasons, and I think all of them are valid. And I think that looking at audiobooks and saying, you know what, I realize it's a lot of time in a studio, but I love what I do, and the business is going well, so why am I going to complicate it? I think that's a fine approach. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, and not to say that, listen, if somebody was like, hey, you know, you have a night, would you audition for this game or something like mm -hmm. that. I mean, I don't even know. I, w I would do it. It's just that uh, I really, I had looked at different websites and things like that. And I was like, you know what? I, uh, this is just too much. It's, it's so much more work and the curve to, to figure out all that. Like, I just don't have the time, Yeah. you know, the, the or the, the, that part of me to invest, which I know would need to happen to get serious. Because the thing about me is that, and I'm sure like a lot of other people, I don't have beep, you know, mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. I am like full throttle, like all the way 
and obviously with VO, like, um, you have to, you've got to put yourself completely in that. And it's just, I don't have that. So yeah. no, I, I hear you. It's, I, I think that the people who do best in audiobooks don't have acid either. I've got the Apple explicit thing, so you can say whatever you want. Um, oh, okay, so, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think that uh, the, the people who do best in audiobooks don't do it halfway either, and I think that's true for people who are very successful in commercial work and uh, industrial narration. I think that, you know, if you put yourself all the way in, it's, uh, it goes a long way towards uh, a better, better reward at the end. Yeah, I mean, how, how what has your experience been like with am I I'm allowed to ask you questions, right? Oh, can, sure, yeah. Can I ask you? I'm okay. the host. I'm the host, <laughs> so I don't have to answer right. them, but <laughs> Oh, okay, sorry. Well, I get tired of listening to myself. We talked about this. What about uh the so how what has your experience been like? I mean, I know you did you've done commercials for like Amazon and stuff, right? You've done I, a lot I, of stuff. Well, I haven't done a lot of commercial voiceover, but I did some. When I first got into okay. VO back in the early two thousands in the Bay Area. Got an agent pretty quickly, booked a couple of gigs pretty quickly, and I thought, this is great. And then I learned the hard way um, just how much I didn't know about mm-hmm. getting work. And uh, so I ended up doing a lot of time not doing what I should have been doing, which was learning how to market and then marketing, and instead spent a lot of time waiting for the phone to ring. And uh, I mm-hmm. think that that was the, the, the biggest drawback to the the courses that I took was that they did not focus on that. Nobody ever came out and said, once you get an agent, you're golden. But the impression that you got (laughs) after going through the workshops where I did workshops was, once you get an agent, you're golden, right? So um, (laughs) they they really didn't spend a lot of time on the fact that um, you really have to work at getting the work. And I wasn't savvy enough at the time to understand I'm not just a voice actor. I am owning my own business now Mm. and, and I need to go out and work for that. And so it didn't work out that well. I kind of kept a hand in and, and kept following things, but then I went back and got a regular day job, which paid well. And so, you know, that took care of that aspect of the problem of not getting work. And then once we moved, that w- that allowed me, because we got rid of the house payment, that allowed me to go back to something that I could spend a lot of time on. Um, and I didn't right away, but then when I did get into it, I realized, nope, uh, if I'm going to do this, I, I learned last time what I did wrong and how much I didn't know. And mm-hmm. so I learned more about the marketing side. Um, I'm still not very good at it, but I, I learned more about it. And, oh, and at least what? you've got like a podcast out there with like 6,000 listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly you're doing something right. Come on, man. You got to give yourself credit. That's well, awesome. so, so some things are going well. And so I'm, I'm really happy with that. I'm, I'm not trying to take away from, from the stuff that I've done, but, uh, it's, it, it was, it's just the kind of thing where you learn as you go. And so I'm yeah, still yeah. learning how to own a business. Uh, and, oh, yeah, me too. And it's a, it's been kind of a slow process because it's not something that I ever did before. And, you know, being older now, uh, old dog, new tricks, all that kind of thing. So anyway, <laughs> I, I, I learned uh, about, you know, marketing and the important stuff and keeping more connected in the community. And, and I was just having a conversation earlier today about how um, – about imposter syndrome – and about how easy it is sometimes to um, to beat yourself up, and mm. if if you see the bad review, or if you are struggling, yeah. <laughs> if you are struggling because of time issues or something like that, it's really easy to beat yourself up, and it's it's very difficult sometimes to like rise up out of that. But I've yeah. I've been trying really hard, and my wife is great at supporting me oh. in in this, and that's such a big help because it allows you to say. I understand, like they keep saying, and like I've parroted, I don't know how many times now, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I understand yeah. that. It's just, it's it's hard sometimes when you feel like you're still stuck back at the starting line. And, and what you have to do is continually recognize how far mm-hmm. you've come. And Absolutely. You may have a long ways to go, but look, oh, how, yeah. far, look how far you've well, come. You so. have forever to go. I yep. mean, it is a process. You're never, I don't think we'll ever, I mean, as just by the nature of what we do, artists, well, I mean, maybe lots of, I don't know how many people feel this way, but 
it, it just is, a, it's not going to end. You're just going to keep going and keep going. I mean, you're, you're a student for life and you're yeah. just going to get better and better and better and better unless you just sit back on your laurels and go, Oh, look at me, you know, yeah, and different. But I, I'm not, like, I don't think I know anybody who, who does that in this no, profession. No, so. I don't either. No, yeah. I think everybody works their tail off and then some and author yeah. and the same thing with authors too. I mean, you hear these authors, they're like best selling authors and they have a day job, mm-hmm. you know, USA Today best. And they're like, wow. You know, I would think they're just sitting pretty with their, you know, pool and their five dogs. Or I don't know, mm-hmm. something. Yeah. No, um, I, I hear you. And, and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing that how hard people uh, work. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. <laughs> to, to do what they love, to be yep. able to do what they really love. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so it's only been a couple of years since you've gotten into this, but you've been performing for a long time. So since you have gotten into doing audiobooks. Do you have a niche? Is there something that you really prefer to narrate? That is tough because, you know, of course, I'm going to say I like every genre, <laughs> which is true. I know. But and I'm, I bet you other people would say this, too, that if it's well written, then you're going to want to do it because it's oh, really yeah. about the work. Right. And the story. And and if you can connect to it, then it's like this is great, whether it's YA or romance or whatever. But I do have. I really love like historical fiction like that. I just, Mm -hmm. I really, I don't know what it is. I can't really tell you. Like I've always had an interest in history for whatever reason. I don't really know, Mm -hmm. but, um, and then there's something, Oh, my diction is awful. Sorry. No, (laughs) no, talking a mile a minute. Mine will be awful in another 10 or 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I didn't have an excuse though. I'm making (laughs) coffee here. Uh, Anyway. Um, uh, that's, I do love that. And I love mystery. Oh, I love, love, love mystery. So what kind um, of mysteries do you, do you go for the like cute, cozy mysteries or do you like the really uh, hardcore police procedural stuff? I like the police procedural. Cause I always love like forensic files and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like I want the details. I want the, I, you know, I mean, I don't like too much blood or whatever, but I, I like a little, you know, I yeah. want suspense. I like, thrillers, all, all that stuff I think is, is really exciting to me. Um, that's great. I remember uh, at one point listening to a, I think it was a Patricia Cornwell book on, uh, on audio way back. I think it was probably on cassette. And, uh, whenever I think of, you know, a, a more serious mystery instead of a cozy mystery, she's one of the authors that I think of. Well, that's wonderful. I, um, I mean, I love Sherlock Holmes. I'm sure you know that if you've ever seen my page, then, you know, like, I love Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So he was great. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I just there's something about that that I really, really enjoy. I can't really explain it. Yeah. I guess you just like what you like, right? But I, but I, I mean, like I said, you know, I love, I do enjoy doing like historical romances and contemporary mm-hmm. romance because they're all everything offers something different and it's it's revealing a different side of you. And you know, you're slaying dragons or you're. Uh, um, you're leaving your lover or whatever. Like there's all these mm-hmm. fun little juicy parts that you get to play in all these different worlds. And yeah. that's, that's exciting. And when the writing is good, it's just, you just, you just go with it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's, I, I have not read much horror. I, I was a huge Stephen King fan back in the eighties, mm-hmm. early nineties, loved his stuff back then, but I haven't read much or, uh, or narrated much horror. Um, and, and the one horror that I narrated kind of early on was, uh, comedic horror. So that's a little mm. different, but, yeah. uh, but I got a chance to, to narrate a book called Currency of Souls, which I just absolutely loved. And I realized after I read through it and then I was narrating it, that the reason I loved it wasn't because it was horror. It was because it was such a great story. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I agree with what you said earlier completely that whether it's science fiction or young adult if you've got a good author and they're putting characters together and they're putting a story mm-hmm. together, the the venue can be fun because it's different than what you would normally read. Or it could be something that you've always enjoyed reading. But the reason that you're going to love it isn't because it's horror or young adult. It's right. because it's a great story. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So, uh, so is there anything that you, you – well – what about nonfiction? I know hmm. that you've done some nonfiction. How are you? How, how do you feel about nonfiction? Is that a favorite or just something that you kind of enjoy doing or? Uh, no, um, I, I really like that, too. Like I um, especially, you know, it, it, it's such a personal thing that they're trusting you 
with, you know, these memoirs and things like that. Like I just did a memoir of a woman with a life-threatening illness, you know, and it was such a, um, I'm just so moved that, that they want me mm-hmm. to tell something so deeply personal about their life. And I, I do enjoy that. I enjoy being able to get that message out and to be part of their journey in that way. Um, I definitely enjoy that. That's good. What, uh, what about, is there anything that you won't narrate? Um, I don't do erotica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that just don't, it's just not my thing. Um, but everything else I do it all pretty open. Yep. Absolutely. That's great. Yep. Like, like we were talking about, if it's good writing, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally understand that. Um, and what about where you, where you work or do you do everything at home? Do you work in studios outside the home? Everything at home. I am, uh, you know, because I'm a stay at home mom, mm-hmm. I am in the home and I'm not close enough to New York to be able to get to a studio. So uh, this is where I do everything. I am a, you know. So do you ever have uh, difficulty since you are a stay at home mom? And uh, I believe you said twins. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you ever have a problem with noise outside of your booth that may be caused by mm-hmm. people that you don't really want to get angry at? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I actually, well, I just can't narrate until the evening. I mean, that's the thing is that I I can't narrate until after they're in bed. Uh, So yeah, so it works out in that way. The only funny thing is, is that, you know, I'll go off to work. My husband, you know, he'll come home from work. So he's, but he's, you know, still working um, in like the living room or something like that. I'm working in my studio Mm -hmm. and I'll be narrating or something. And all of a sudden I'll hear, And that's the printer. He's printing something. <laughs> and so here that's I'm like, good. and then she held his hand and she, re- you know, whatever. Yeah. And she's crying and she, you know, and then you, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So then it stops, right? He yeah. closes the, he closes the door or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, can I go back to where, and all of a sudden I hear, <laughs> he's opening the door. That's so he's good. opening the door. So anyway, I decided, and you, you would have thought that like, I would have thought to tell him this. Uh, you know, like, oh, I don't know, like a year ago, maybe. <laughs> but recently I was like, honey, can you do me a favor? Can you just email me and let me know when you're printing? So I'm not yeah. ramping up for something. You know how it is. Like, oh, yeah, um, no, I, I do the same thing. So, with yeah. Jenny, she uh, <laughs> Je- I, I have Jenny now knows that if she is out, she needs to text me about five minutes before she's going to be home <laughs> so that I can anticipate where I'm going to stop. Because once exactly. she gets home, the dog goes berserk and there's oh, no geez. way to keep that sound out of the booth. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So have you got um, a uh, a homemade booth or a whisper room or a closet or what are you recording? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a closet. I think it used to be a file room at some point. And so it's just got, you know, the acoustic foam and... Oh, some teddy bears and all sorts <laughs> <laughs> giant teddy bears. Actually, like four. I love teddy bears. Four feet tall. Um, I have pictures wow. of my kids. That's going to absorb um, some sound. Yeah, right. So I, <laughs> I mean, so far it sounds okay. Nobody said it sounds crappy. So yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> I'm keeping the teddy bears. The teddy bears stay. <laughs> the the printer kind of cracks me up because we yeah. when, when I built my booth recently, I got done a couple of months ago. And when I was done with this, it ended up being in the middle office and there was enough middle bedroom and it ended up being enough room to be able to put the desk that we have in here as well, which is a big desk. And now that's great because I've got the desk here and I'm looking out the window. And I I was thinking all along, well, we're going to move everything into this room that goes with the desk. And one of the things Mm. that was on the desk was the printer. And all of a sudden I was thinking about it and I was thinking, oh, crap. Uh, That means that (laughs) if I'm in here... And Jen wants to print something because she's got to leave to go for an appointment or something. And she prints it. There's no way. That sound is absolutely going to bleed through. This is, I, I'm happy about the way that I built this booth, but there's no way that that sound is not going to bleed in. So I totally understand that one. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't have twins to deal with, but it uh, sounds like they're not really a problem if you're only recording no, no. at night. No, I'm, I'm, I'm so fortunate that, uh, that that works out that way, that I'm able to do that. So Yeah. No, that's great. Um so uh, tell me about Silverton Audio, since you are doing sure. a podcast for them. When did you start working with them? So it's an interesting, I mean, I think it's an interesting story. I think maybe like two books in, I auditioned for this gritty Southern romance uh, called um, uh, Road to Nowhere by M. Robinson. And she's just awesome. Like, I think she's studying to get to 
to get a degree in psychology or so. Like she's just mm. awesome. The way she writes, yeah. Her her the personal profiles of the the people are the. Um, I am sorry, my vocabulary is just horrific. Tonight. Yeah, that's all right. It's, it's like, late. It's from speaking to four-year-olds all day is what it is, honestly. <laughs> like, I love them, but I think I might be losing brain cells. Totally the understand. The two that I have are working overtime right now. Um, <laughs> but but I think you know what I'm saying. So the 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 psychology of the characters is just fascinating. And anyway, um, I thought I was auditioning for her. Well, it turns out I was auditioning for a producer. Oh. Silverton, the production company, Silverton Audio. Yeah. So they had, so I, they I had no put, idea. They were the ones who posted the book. They were the rights holder that correct. posted the book on ACX. Okay, is, got it. That is, yeah, that is correct. And so, um, so, you know, I got the, I got the book and then they're like, what else do you do? And I was like, oh, can you send us your resume? And I was like, sure, I'll send you my resume. Oh, well, we're going to start looking for stuff for you. And I'm like, well. That's fantastic. Well, you know, and she was a USA Today bestselling author. So I was like, well, all right, then. This is great. <laughs> um, and then it just sort of went rolling from there. I mean, we almost have this sort of unspoken partnership. I mean, not not really, but we just do a ton of work together. And it's a really nice, you know, I bring them clients. They bring me clients. It's a nice like thing that we have going on. And, and, uh, uh, the guy who runs it, Tim had, uh, mentioned, um, uh, that at some point he wanted to start doing podcasts, you know, and just to sort of keep that on the back burner and to be thinking about that. And then finally, and, and I think this was actually like a year ago that he had been talking about this, but you know, things come up and for mm-hmm. both of us and it just doesn't happen and whatever. Sure. And, uh, and then he reaches out to me and he's like, let's, you know, let's pull the trigger on this thing. Let's, let's make this happen. And, you know, and the whole idea in the beginning, at least, well, and probably still is, I guess, is to promote, um, a lot of the royalty share books Mm -hmm. that we work on, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we, we bring in the author, we bring in the narrator. It's great because it showcases the author, it showcases their work, it showcases the narrator, you know, or narrators. And, um, uh, I just love it. I love that he asked me to do it. I'm having a, a great time setting these things up and interviewing these people. They're just just delightful, and I'm I'm learning a lot. Um, and uh, and actually, Silverton Audio just formed Silverton Agency in 2017. Um, I say just, but it's pretty young. For oh, a company. sure, yeah. Um, and it's sort of like the alternate to ACX. They kind of have their own sort of thing going on. Um, and they're just wonderful people to work with. And I just feel very, very lucky to have uh, sort of have a relationship with them. Well, that's great. I Your description of how long it took to get the podcast up, I totally understand that. Believe me, I <laughs> I thought about this podcast for I, I think that I first started thinking about it either in late 2016 or very early 2017. And I didn't have my first episode until uh, November or late October, I, one or the other, very, very late in 2017. And there was a lot of time spent just thinking about it. And there was a, mm-hmm. and then after that, there was a lot of time spent looking into how do you do this anyway? And, yeah, and right. so um, whenever you're getting into something that you have no experience with, well, just like you described, you were going crazy on Google and looking up everything that you could <laughs> when you got exactly. into audiobooks. Um, it, right. it, can, it can take a lot of time. And, and it's, you'll end up being happier taking that time up front yes. than learning everything in arrears. Um, so, so anyway, I completely understand that. But it is great. And when, when I first saw your reference to that podcast, I thought, oh, another audiobook podcast. I got to see what they're doing. And yeah. I've been really happy that there are several podcasts about audiobooks, but they're all slightly different. And I think that's great mm-hmm. because you don't want everybody doing exactly the same thing. Um, no. And so when I when I heard the first couple of episodes that you did with uh, with the Silverton Audio podcast, I thought this is great because your your approach and your intention is or their intention um with, mm. you know, you being the public face on it. Is, right. is very different. And it is all about the author and the narrator and getting to hear their perspective on their writing and about the narration and uh, and just all, all the, the aspects of how it came together. And that's not at all what I was ever intending to do with this podcast. So I thought this is great to have more material out there mm-hmm. about audiobooks that is geared towards different listeners. 
Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's room for all of us. That's what Mm -hmm. you you find. You're like, oh, wow, that is all, all different approaches and and they're all valid and they're all um, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny too, because I know there was a point where um, he had come to me and, and asked me about a couple of things and I, you know, you were talking about the process of uh, thinking about it and what exactly you wanted it to be, what you wanted it to look like. Mm-hmm. And he had approached me about doing this one part and I, it sounded political to me. And I was like, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, let's, let's not. I said, I don't want, and, and he, it wasn't anything. I said, just by the nature of what you're going to discuss, it will become political. And I said, it just be nice Let's just keep it. I mean, if the authors want to get political or the narrators, they're they're perfectly within their right to do that. Absolutely. If that's what they want to do. But I don't want that's not what this is. Let's right. keep it author, narrator. And what I'm also excited about is I did approach him and say about um, bringing in, shall we say, outsiders, meaning like people that he hasn't worked with, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so we're going to be opening it up to them very shortly because we'd love to showcase other people, other authors, other narrators that we we haven't worked with, you know. Yeah, <clears> no, that that, so I, that should be exciting. I to, I can totally see that. Where the initial thinking is, we're going to showcase our work, but sometimes showcasing other types of work ends up opening doors to Absolutely. either working with new people or. Mm-hmm. Um, or getting a bigger audience that then becomes familiar with you. It, it makes me think of uh, miracle on 34th street and, uh, and, and how, you know, all of a sudden I saying, love that well, movie. yeah, so do I, <laughs> you know, well, we don't have that here, but if you go across the street to that store, they do. And, and how they ended up yeah. turning, turning that entire thing around into something that was yep. not only a good thing for them, but for, you know, everyone concerned. So um, I I think that there's a danger in doing stuff like that because you have to make sure that you actually are doing a good thing and not Mm. doing what appears to be a good thing to be self-serving. But you can absolutely open other avenues and reach people that you hadn't if you think outside of the self-promotion box. Sure. And and, uh, it was interesting because um, just... uh, I remember somebody was telling me, like, don't tell anybody anything that you do because, you know, it's all competition or whatever. Mm. And I was like, oh, OK, so I better not. You know what I mean? Like it, uh, initially. And then that that girl I was telling you about, uh, Patricia Santamasso, mm-hmm. um, she was just like, Martin, I was like, how do you not like get intimidated by other other people who are who are auditioning for the same stuff that you are. I'm like, shoot, Patricia, you've gotten some of the books that I've auditioned for, you know, because mm-hmm. she's just she's amazing. And uh, she was like, Marnie, she said, the more people she's like, the more, the better. She's like, that just further validates what we do. Bring them, bring more, bring, you know, all the women, everybody. <laughs> let's like let's just, you know, so that our community grows bigger and bigger and bigger because the work is there for all of us. And I was like, gosh, you know. She's so right. What a great attitude. And it just completely, oh, I know. I was like, gosh, I wish I had had that initially. <laughs> but I'm always like, you know, you got the kind of like self-esteem thing going and you, whatever. Sure. Anyway, yeah. I I realized that that just made so much sense to me. And I was like, you know what? I am going to move forward and I'm going to promote people. And I am going to, and I've been helped by some, her and, and many other people along the way. And dang it, I want to promote other people. I want to talk about how wonderful they are. And, uh, you know, every, like if you look on my webpage, actually, there's a page called resources and it has like, and I haven't added the narrator part to it, but I am, I'm going to actually put narrators on there. Yes. Women too. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that I love and think are wonderful. And uh, it has all these different people that I just think are awesome that I want other people to know. And, um, no, I think that's great. I, I honestly think that that is, um, one of the best things that you can do. And I've, I've worked with a couple of people and I've said, look, if, if my voice isn't right, I'm happy to, or if my read isn't right or whatever, I'm happy to refer you to, uh, I know quite a few narrators that I trust to put out a very good product. And so I'd be happy to refer you to this other person. All, all that that does, you know, so you didn't get the job. You got a lot of yeah, good, good exactly. goodwill out of it. I completely agree. And I just yeah. think, you know what, if I don't get it, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. And, right. you know, good for them for getting it. And we just, you know, move on. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
so I think that's great. And feel free to pass that along to Silverton. Yeah, include other people. Um, because I, I oh, think, that, I think that it will <laughs> it will do nothing but good things for them and everybody else. Um, so you hosted the first five episodes, and then the last few episodes were hosted by Gwyn Olson. So yes. is that a permanent change, or is it going to rotate, or are you going it's back, actually- or what happened there? It's actually going to rotate what the sort of I didn't realize it at the time because I thought it was just me. So it was a bit of like, oh, OK, I didn't know there was somebody else. She's amazing. <laughs> Gwen Olds, no, she's she's so lovely. And what he explained to me was that he sort of wanted a family friendly uh, side of things and then a little bit more, you know, a little bit more not little, as family friendly, yeah. <laughs> a little edgy, yeah. shall we say, because not necessarily really graphic, but just not what you would call family friendly. We're not putting you know, urban romance or whatever in the same category as the children's story. So, so that's sort of what she is, um, do as far as the the last time that we spoke, that's sort of what we're doing. So we're rotating and I'm, I'm doing a little bit more of the edgier, edgier stuff. So you will be Um, back. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. I've just been, uh, I'm a little crazy busy right now and i did get a, a, a little sick so not to put that out there whatever and maybe i'll want to cut this but yeah i got laryngitis <laughs> it was awful it, i had it for three weeks it was terrible oh it so. is awful believe me i know <laughs> oh, I, I was evil I, evil yeah. evil evil i'm like this is the one thing i need i just need my voice i don't even need to be barely awake i just need my voice no i i hear you that happened <laughs> to me. Happen. that happened to me earlier this year and in, in december of last year i got sick and i wasn't completely over it until i think the end of february i was i was back working um, mm. before then, but holy cow. And I know that another fellow narrator, Al Kessel went through the same thing, hit it with drugs, hit it with sleep, hit it with everything. And it just would yep. not go away. So, um, it's killer for this profession to have, an, just... to have an illness that a lot of other people would say, well, you know, I was off for two days and then I just went back to work, yeah, even though I wasn't exactly. feeling that great. Well, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know, I know. Oh my, and I would have told, that's what I would always say. I'm like, honey, and, I, and my husband knows that. I'd just be like, you realize that anything else, working a desk job, whatever, I got this, no problem. I was like, but what I do, I got to have a voice. <laughs> if I don't have a voice, I can't do anything. Yeah, no, and, I, and it's I, hard to take care of my kids, of course, because I can't talk. So that's always interesting. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of you know, signing and everything else I can do to get them to understand. Yeah, no, total, totally understand. That is uh, having having these, you know, what what some people might consider mild illnesses can be just, you know, career threatening. Right, for some I know. Of us. Right, I was so nervous. I was like, I can't tell anyone. What am I gonna do? But it turns out that actually, I mean, you know, because I had a bunch of contracts out there, I just said, I mean, what what can you say as an author? It's not like, thankfully, everybody was really understanding. And it's just like, what could you say? If you're an author, you say, you need to get it done. I mean, it's not your fault you got sick, right? right? You didn't. And so thankfully, everybody was really, really understanding. That's great. I have mostly mostly heard that, that um, especially, you know, if you're working with a publisher, sometimes they have deadlines that they can't get around and they say, you know, we're we're just going to have to go with somebody else. But but they're very understanding about what happened. It's not that you said, oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And then just never met the deadline. Um, It's it's that there was an actual problem. And the thing that I've heard from so many people now here on the podcast and at APAC and and, you know, elsewhere is as long as you communicate, nobody's going to hate you. They're going right. to be very appreciative of the fact that you're letting them know that if they need to, they they should, you know, do something different. Yep, absolutely. Communication yeah. is key. It is key. Yeah. So Good, uh, good advice. So what have you learned along the way that you would want to pass on to any aspiring narrators out there? Um, I would say, gosh, that's tough. Uh, whew. I mean, I guess everybody says this, but it is true. Just just don't give up. Like, I know it can be discouraging. And let me tell you, when I was an actor, I didn't get cast for two years. Mm. It was really brutal. I mean, I questioned everything. I mean, here I was getting cast in all these shows. And all of a sudden, it was like, as my agent at the time had said, we can't get you arrested. Like, it was not good. And <laughs> yeah. she was right. You, we couldn't. I mean, I could not get arrested. It, and it was wasn't, awful. It wasn't for lack of trying. No, it, oh gosh, no. I yeah. mean, you, you obviously get that I, that's not the kind of person I do not sit back. I don't wait for the phone to ring. I may get ring by getting my butt out there. Mm-hmm. I'm a hustler always. Um, just don't give up. Like, here's a perfect example, too. I, 
I was fortunate enough to get onto all these different rosters of all these different audiobook production companies very early on, you know, and I've been on these rosters for like a year now. Mm -hmm. And I just booked my first book with Tantor. Oh, that's great. But it took a year. Thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's awesome. It's a historical, uh, uh, romance and actually about my, uh, my 27th great grandmother, Matilda Flanders. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but it's true. Are you serious? I didn't know that. Yes, I'm totally serious. I didn't know it. My, my aunt is like a, um, uh, ancestry junkie kind of, you know, she like does the whole family tree all the way back. And she was telling me and she's got all the, you know, evidence or whatever to support it. She's all about ancestry.com and all, all that stuff. So yeah, it's pretty cool. That but anyway, is amazing. Isn't that, that fun? That will no. be so much fun to narrate. <laughs> right? Oh, it's delicious. And uh, the woman, G. Lawrence, is she's just delightful. And uh, her, her descriptions are just like, oh, like succulent fruit. Like, they're so <laughs> good. They're That's so great. good. Um, and uh, uh, anyway, so so just just don't give up. And, and Johnny Heller actually told me something, too, that was so helpful. I've heard of him. Because I was one of those. Yeah, exactly. Like, Who's this guy? <laughs> Um, but I raised my hand at APAC. He was in one of the, uh, you have to forgive me, one of the classes or whatever. Mm, um, and I, I had said, what do you do if nobody knows you're alive? <laughs> like they know I'm alive, but you don't feel like they know you're alive because, you know, you're not getting anything and you're hustling like crazy, but you're not getting anything from all these companies that you're rostered with and not even getting auditions or anything. And uh, he said, they know, they know your voice they know you're there. They just haven't found the right thing for you. And I sat there and I thought about it and I was like, okay, Johnny, <laughs> I know you're really smart and you're amazing in this business. So I'm, I'm going to take that to heart. And then sure enough, like a month ago, maybe now I, I got the email that said, we want you to do this book, 16 hours, blah, 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 by G Lawrence, the heart of the conqueror. You know, if you want it, it's yours. I was like, yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, so just just really, and I know it can get tough. I, I I know it can, and lean on people too. Don't be afraid to, you know, when you get into that self doubt. Because believe me, I have been there many many a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just lean on the people that you love or friends or whatever, because that's what they're there for. And and just remember that you you can do this. Like you can, and and if you really look, search deep inside yourself. There's a reason that you put yourself out there because you know that you can do this. There is a part of you that knows that other people will want to listen to you and hear your voice mm-hmm. and focus on that and focus too on what, like you were saying, Rich, where you are, where you were and where you are now. Yeah. I, you know? I really that's do huge. think, I really do think that's key. Huge. It's really difficult cannot to do let sometimes. Go of that. Yeah. Really difficult it is. to oh, do. Absolutely. But, uh, but I, I have found that and, Somebody mentioned, I can't remember now where I saw this or where I heard this, um, but but they mentioned the fact that they keep, oh, I think it was Karen. I think it was Karen Commons who said, I have a folder of things that have gone well, of, of success stories of mine. <laughs> and on those oh. days when I'm having a, a hard time because this didn't work out or that didn't work out, I forced myself to go in there and pick something out and read it. And I thought, wow. What a great That's idea brilliant. because of course we've, we've had successes, but we also have those days when it seems like nothing's going right. It's, it can be the little things like, oh my yep. God, it took me so long to record this book because there was so many <laughs> words that I wasn't familiar with and I was stumbling over every word and it can be the Raise big... his hand very high. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be the big things like I'm on all these rosters and I haven't gotten cast in anything yet. So, you know, all of those different things, it's really important to remember. And I totally get how difficult it is to remember that. But I'm, uh, like I said, I'm fortunate to have a good support system and, uh, and I've gotten better at just reminding myself to think about the the successes that that you've had mm-hmm. along the way, and uh, sometimes it can take a while. But but that's fantastic about that book. Was there any hint that you would have a connection to this book before they offered it to you? No, 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 no. I didn't know about it. My aunt was the one who informed me of that. After yeah. after you got the the gig. 
Correct. Yeah. Uh, and then I told them and they said, well, that's a neat little, I told Tantor, they're like, that's a neat little story. I was like, yeah, isn't it though? <laughs> it is. I think that is incredible. As, as, right? Because she was queen of England. So as, there you go. As, I'm, I'm coming for the crown. As there. someone who doesn't believe in, um, <laughs> in you know, supernatural things, um, I right? still love stuff like that. I, I yeah. love the the fact that these random occurrences can have these, you know, deep things that the that that really affect people. So I just I love that story. That's fantastic. Oh, and there was one other what was it I wanted to say? Um uh oh, I was just thinking, you know, to go back to like advice, don't ever let the bastards get you down. Mm. Somebody told me that once because there are people, and especially with reviews, for some reason it seems that People who want to review just want to like skewer you. Yep. You know, they either really love you or they really, really hate you and think that like you shouldn't even have been born, mm-hmm. essentially. <laughs> so just just don't let them get you down. They got their own stuff. I don't know what it is, but you know, maybe they're transferring their own feelings about somebody else onto you or your voice reminds them of somebody yep. that they hated. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Yeah. Not your problem. You just just keep moving forward and 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 stay positive and you know, and if you do get into those ruts, remember what what excites you. And, and you know, I mean, if maybe it's looking at paintings or going to a show or whatever it is, playing a musical instrument. I don't whatever it is that stirs those creative juices in you, because you may just need to take a moment, get and then and then be able to get back to that. You know, because you sort of um, refilled yourself mm-hmm. with what you need. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it makes, sense? yeah, it makes, <laughs> okay. makes perfect sense. Uh, I, I totally get that too. There were times when I was, uh, doing stage work where it would, it would be a little bit of a, of a grind going to an audition, not getting cast. Um, you know, whatever it was, <laughs> was kind of a grind. And then I would go see a brilliant performance of an, a, a very well-crafted play and I would go, that's what I want to do. And, <laughs> and, it, and it gets yeah. you kind of re-energized to put, yeah. the, to put the work in to continue to move forward in the field that you love. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. No, that's, that's great advice. Well, Marnie, this has been great. Where can people find you if they want to look you up online? Uh, you can find me at www.marnieyoung.com. <laughs> and, and your name, your first name is spelled? Oh, M-A-R-N-E. Y-E. Just wanted to and make sure I is, got, got that yeah, in there oh, because I know it's an un- uncommon spelling for Marnie. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Sure, and yeah. Rich, I really appreciate you putting me on the show. That's that's just so nice of you. Oh, no, it's great. <laughs> it, is, it has been wonderful having another podcast host out there. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you on Twitter as well? Oh, well, I know you're on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. My handle is Audio Sorceress. It's the name of my company. I'm also, I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Google Plus. I am. I call myself a social media hound. You are because that's you, what I do. You are. On hey, I gotta promote myself. That's I right. I have my own business, man. I gotta promote myself. No, so. I get it. that's great. Audio sorceress. Where'd you come up with that? Oh gosh, I wish I could say it was me. It was not actually. <laughs> I was smart enough to know that that should be the name of my company, but I didn't come up with it. It was. It's. I'll make it really quick. There was a potential client of mine uh, in the UK. And when he sent me his book, it said, Marnie Young, Audio Sorceress. I looked at that and I said, that's my company. That's great. That's I was fantastic. like, I got the, I'm going to get the logo. I'm going to get everything. And I asked him, I said, is it okay if I use this? I want this to be the name. He's like, is it okay? It's fantastic. And I'm yeah. totally flattered. I, so, you know, I got t-shirts, I got coffee mugs, <laughs> I got notebooks. Oh, I'm having a blast. That's I'm, I'm having so much fun. That's great. So, well, congratulations on all the success. Thank you. Thank you. And you too. And and wishing you much more, Rich. You're just, you're wonderful. So thank you. <laughs> and thank you. I, I am loving doing this. I've been telling people since I started this, I, I really wasn't sure about it. And I, like I mentioned earlier, I've been thinking about doing this podcast for a while and I have met so many great people. I just, I love this. And, and I love the fact that not only do I get to meet them and talk to them, but I get to share their, their knowledge and their wisdom and their coaching and their engineering skills or whatever it is with all of these other people who are interested in doing the same thing that I'm doing. And I just, I love being able to do that. That's great. Good stuff. All right. Well, Marnie, thanks for coming in. I hope your coffee was good and it's going to keep you awake long enough so that you can narrate. My wine was quite good. It's, uh, I'm really happy with this one. I bought it several years ago and hadn't found a good time. And I thought, you know what? I'm in the mood for a local wine. So, so this was a good one. And this glass is almost gone.
Oh, well, good. Man, my coffee's long gone, so I'm, I'm moving on to the water here. <laughs> All right. Well, this is great. Thanks again, Marnie. Okay, take care, Rich. Well, that's it for tonight. Many thanks to Marnie Young for stopping by. It was great having a chat with someone else who hosts a podcast about audiobooks. If you're interested in other audiobook podcasts, in addition to Silverton Audio Presents, you might look into The Audio Shelf and Talking Audiobooks. And Jock Protho had some great interviews with narrators in her Featured Voice podcast. There haven't been any episodes for a while, so I'm not sure if she'll be back with more or not, but you can always listen to the past episodes. And, of course, I hope you'll keep coming back here to the Speakeasy as well. You can find the audiobook Speakeasy on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean, and all the apps that pull from iTunes. And you can find me at richvoiceproductions.com, where I've got some samples and links to audiobooks I've narrated, and where I'm also posting episodes of the audiobook Speakeasy. If you're enjoying our Speakeasy chats, please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you're not enjoying them, please find a podcast you do enjoy and leave them a review. If you think this show is educational, entertaining, or valuable simply because it gives you an excuse to sit down and enjoy a cocktail in an otherwise hectic day, I'd really appreciate it if you'd add a buck or two to the tip jar. You can make a per-episode donation by signing up at patreon.com slash audiobookspeakeasy, or you can make a one-time donation by visiting paypal.me slash audiobookspeakeasy. Any financial support is greatly appreciated and helps me keep the lights on here in the speakeasy. Until we see you here in the speakeasy again, I hope you can find some time to enjoy an audiobook. Cheers!